Tonight on the show, we're cruising the boulevard with some shaved aliens. That's right, it's Earth Girls Are Easy. My guest is Frank. This is Manic Movie Monday. Tonight, this is awesome. I get to talk to one of my dear internet friends. Oh my Gosh. goodness gracious. So awesome. His name is Frank. He's a badass. He knows more about Up All Night than anybody on this fucking planet. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Earth Girls Are Easy because he picked it. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey, Irene. How are you? I'm good. So Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, in God's name, did you think to pick this film? It's literally one of my favorite films. It's campy. It's funny. It's wholesome. It's got some good music. Oh, and yes. You could just put it on the background and just be okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, you could watch it. You can listen to it. You can put it on a party. Someone will know what this movie is, I believe. Absolutely. I completely agree with you yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So what's your background with this? Like, where did you first see Earth Girls Are Easy? And how old were you? Do you remember? You would say up all night, of course. <laughs> <laughs> see what we did there? <laughs> yes. It's all part of the plan. Yes. I, so up all night was where you first saw it. I had it been like eight, nine, ten years old seeing this movie and just being, what the hell is this? And I go, because I was a massive, uh, I was, I'm a massive Gina Davis fan. I love Gina oh, Davis. Oh, really? Okay. So my, one of my, my favorite movie of all time is Absolute People. So okay. I saw it. I was watching USF all night and it said Gina Davis. And I go, okay, I'm watching that. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's so funny because like prior to this movie, I think my only exposure to her, her like I had seen Beetlejuice, but yeah, my, yeah, yeah. but my main thing that I remember just growing up as like a bisexual girl was Transylvania 6, 5,000. Yes. Sexy vampire, Gina. It's just sexy vampire boobies. Yes. Gina oh, Davis, yes. you know, and she was <laughs> so great in that. And I, that's one of those underrated comedy movies that also i saw on usa up all night oh nice yes yes i remember them i remember them showing that a lot i mean it was it was on it was like that and vibes for you know just jeff goldblum fans you know i was just about to say vibes that was yeah that was in my head i just remember catching that one day at my nana's house and like cindy lopper is just putting her hand on some like the triforce of wisdom or something you know what i mean he's just like talking in tongues and stuff like that i'm like this is so weird it's <laughs> wild she's wearing like she's it's it's very neon-y like this this movie yes. we'll talk about the the visual aesthetic which is really its own character in this film oh definitely oh definitely totally its own character but like a movie like vibes for instance that you know 88 89 ish yes, you know yes. it, it's it's a there's a whole lot of neon going on my friends a lot of that's, day that's literally like my favorite part of the 80s 88 even 89 i think they finally figured up an ease formula during that time it was mm. like this is this is what the color is this is what the vibe is literally <laughs> and this is like what the uh aesthetic is you know what i mean like it's it's quintessential like ease 88 and 89 right here was bigger the music was louder. Like, you know, people were, were still wearing a lot of makeup. If you had to explain this plot to somebody, which I thankfully never tried to explain this plot to anybody. I think when I try to sell this film, I'm pretty much like Jeff Goldblum, super hot. 
uh, crazy music, wild, culty, cultish, kitschy, like very, like if a B-52s video became a movie oh, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, um, how would you describe the plot of this movie? I don't like three, three aliens come to earth and run into like some wacky valley girl and her hairdressing boss, hairdresser boss and hijinks ensue. Exactly. I, 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 I was going to say, yeah, mass wackiness ensues. Yeah. Mass wackiness ensues. That's it. That's it. Three incredibly furry aliens uh, crash land in a valley pool. And uh, the person who lives in that pool, so to speak, happens to be a hairdresser. So she yes. grabs 100 pounds of nair and <laughs> Hollywood Hollywood history is made. Uh, because once they, once they take off all their hair, they realize that they are, in fact, Jeff Goldblum. Damon Wayans and Jim Carrey, respectively. So, who is actually my crush in this film? Oh, was he? Oh, he's I was gorgeous. A, yeah, he's blonde, and I was like, oh, blonde boy. Yeah, we, we just did uh, Once Bitten the other day. Oh yes, yes. Because we're such big. That's a good movie. My friend um, Violet Sky is such a huge fan of of the 80s music and soundtrack music and she goes out of her way to like track down every single artist on the soundtrack and then tell you a little bit about them which is just fucking phenomenal oh that's and awesome i love that stuff and she's 21 oh good for her that's amazing that's like, like that's good parry she's things just, <laughs> she's like a magical being right so <clears throat> we had decided to do once bitten and yeah it was fun to kind of do a deep dive into that cast because that's you know, lauren honey right yeah so it's lauren honey it's it's um it's Jim Carrey. Uh, good, 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 good. I watched that on USA all night. Also, oh okay. yeah, that's yeah. where I first. Oh saw yeah, it. oh yeah. Right. So, yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, don't worry. My cast going haywire. <laughs> my cat's over there having. <laughs> we used to incorporate it into the show where it'd be like, oh, it's time for shout outs, and now we're just like, we just let it happen. We're like. Uh, yeah. Whatever, it's okay. It's okay. It's cool. But you know what? That's a perfect segue. Holy fuck balls. You did us a favor, Murphy, because we have a GoFundMe announcement to make. Oh, and yes. Thank you floor... so much. Yes. I'm going to turn the floor over to you, Frank. Okay. Uh, so um, everybody knows who Mark Patton is. Mark Patton was the star of Come Back to the Five and Nine, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. A very important film. Yes. Very, very important film. And also equally important is the Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Uh, he plays Jesse Walsh. He is very ill in a hospital in Mexico. And um, he needs our help. Um, right now, it's like uh, his bills are skyrocketing. And, you know, like the Actors Fund only pays for so much. And, um, you know, these people give their lives to us and their art and their voices and their spirits. I don't want to get emotional because I love Mark. Mark's a really good guy and I like him a lot. Um, if you guys could donate, you guys could just spread the word. Um, he reached his goal, but you know, money, you know, bills never end. You know what I mean? So like Absolutely. he needed a whole nother round of help from GoFundMe and stuff like that. So, uh, just, you know, listen to your heart, you know, as, uh, Roxette says, and, um, Donate, you know what I mean? Well played, Frank. Well played. Yes. So we are going to put the GoFundMe information. Uh, it's going to be on my Instagram. It'll be on my Facebook Perfect. page as well. And it will also be on Twitter. So y'all have no excuse. 
offices. Um, It's pretty much everywhere that I will post this episode. I will also be posting the GoFundMe information as well, because yes, he is not only an amazing performer, but he's very good to his fans. And yes, he's very good. Very good. He's very he has personal friend. relationships with his fans. And yes. he needs us and he deserves this. So yeah. Thank you for doing that also. I just wanted to uh, spread the word. He's a good guy. You know. He is. He, he helped me a lot with my coming out journey, actually. I'll have to say that. Like oh, he my goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember seeing that on USA up all night also. And just oh, everyone. Yeah. I mean, blew my mind. Now. Yeah. That blew my mind. That blew my mind. He's just, he's just a really fascinating person. And I saw um, Scream Queen or Scream Comics yeah. Queen and I cried at least three times. Oh, yeah. My, that's my, um, my, my friend Roman does. My friend Roman and Tyler uh, co directed that. I'm, I'm, ah. Yeah. I love, I love Roman. Roman's awesome. Just beautiful. <laughs> that was awesome just- too. Just an absolutely beautiful documentary and so touching yeah. and so yes. wonderful. And, you know, yeah, it's, it. oh, God, absolutely adore Mark Patton. Yeah, they're two beautiful humans who directed that also. And they, like, literally gave him a voice to speak and give wow. him a good platform to talk about that. Yeah, as soon as you let me know, I put that on my Facebook and I put it on Good. Twitter. You can, cut, you can either cut this out of the show or not, but, like, uh, I remember when um, Leneo was with her... Um, with her animal rescue. Yes. I saw that and I was just like, I'm promoting this. I love that lady. I know you guys are friends. That I was like, I was like, I love, 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 love Lene. I think she just owns herself. She's she amazing. She owns her career and she owns everything she does. And I appreciate that. Like that's, she's a real one. She really, she really changed my life as a kid. And, and I mean, being, being basically just like this chubby, Kid with glasses, no friends. Yeah. Um, I was I was like the new kid. I was I was also the new kid at the school, and all these kids yeah, have been together since like kindergarten. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so I had no friends, and I I really had no outlet or anything. And then I discovered Up All Night. That's really what started it because I was Ron Ron yeah Ron Sheer. <laughs> like I wasn't one of the kids that was sneaking like. I never saw Linnea's boobs till way later. Like, oh, I did. <laughs> I was with like... her. And I was like, oh, those are your boobs. Okay. But prior to this, I saw these, you know, cut versions of these movies on Up All Night. And yeah. that was my outlet. That was my solace. And then I sat down with pen and paper and I wrote letters to Linnea and I wrote letters to Richard Gabai and I wrote letters to David Dakota. And lo and behold, they were nice enough to, you know, be like, oh, this, this, this poor kid, you know, I'm going to write back to them or I'm going to send them an oh, autograph. That's, or, that's beautiful. That's lovely. You know? Because that's so lovely. Like, that's how I feel about the B-movie community. Like for me too. Yes, people, I agree. I, I think there's people that can throw these movies out and they can say like, oh, well, they're exploitation or they're bad or they're whatever it is. And it's like for me. These are people who who really helped me get through my childhood. When I think about all of these kids who've committed suicide because they had no outlet and they had no one to talk to and they 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 were bullied, you know, all of the things that I went through and I had that. And that's how I wanted to start this podcast was I wanted to give it back. I wanted to be like, look, like 
this stuff may be, you know, credibly lame to you, but to <laughs> me, it saved my life. And therefore, I'm going to just talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would like, it's, it's, it's like, it's sad to say, but like, like when I was a kid, like movies were my parents, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so like, so like what, like I bawled my eyes out when John Saxon, because John Saxon was <sighs> my dad basically growing up. You know what yes. I mean? Like I was so used to having him in my household, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. They were there for me more than my parents were there right. for me. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, like have a lady hand gave me the strength to like be go against my bullies and stuff like yeah. that you know like I, yeah i was like i am nancy fan oh yeah he faced things <laughs> I, love, nancy. I love everything that's you, your nature that's your turn you back on things you turn you back on things and it can yep yep that's her dream power people don't say she doesn't have a dream power that's her dream power she has a dream power she, she faces totally she faces power. things yeah she faces things that's so so movies like like Earth Girls are easy. Yes, I, yeah, know, sorry. I got no, 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 it's totally fine. Like that's why I love our, you know, our show is <laughs> part therapy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. Part movie. Okay. So um one of the things that I remember about Earth Girls Are Easy was my parents okay. brought home the VHS copy of it. And Ooh. it was, I think it was a I want to say it was a blockbuster rental at this time. So I'm thinking 88, 89. Yes. Them around that time. About, yes. And I remember they brought it home and they played it in the living room. Okay. I mean, we had no idea what it's to not expect. that bad. It's no. not that bad. Oh, like, that's the no. thing. But I think at like eight or nine years old, there were obviously some jokes that went over my head. Oh, me too. Oh, well, yeah. Um, you I know, like... my one of my personal favorites, because I remember my dad laughing <clears throat> at it. And then later on, I was like, okay, I have to watch that again, was. When Rick Overton, who plays one of the surgeons, um, yeah. they're talking about aphrodisiacs. And he's like, I hear oysters are good for an aphrodisiac. And Rick Overton goes, I tried them, but they just kept slipping off. And I remember my father just, ah, ah, just laughing and laughing and That's laughing, amazing. And laughing. And I remember not understanding that at age nine, you know? Like, you like, it's so nuts. Now, you know about Gina Davis. So can you tell yes. me a little bit about her as far as, do you know anything about like how she got started or how she found out about this movie for one? Because this movie has an insane bananas behind the scenes background story. Oh yeah, there's like Madonna was off with the roles like. And said no. Um, Olivia and John was actually originally off with the role. Wow. Was, uh I know, I know. Uh, Julie Brown wanted the star at, at, you know, as the person, but she couldn't get the funding because she wasn't a star, which is right. ridiculous. She was like one of the biggest like people on MV and MTV at the time. You know, what I mean, I remember watching her own show. Like, I yeah. was like, she had her own clip show. Like, what the heck? You know, what I mean, yeah. Everyone remembers if you're a child, if you're a child of of the '80s or '90s, your child, <laughs> you remember Jesse Julie. Oh, you yeah, know? definitely. Oh, yeah. Julie Brown, you know, just say Julie. Ba, ba, ba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, I know she, I know Gina Davis was married to Jeff Goldblum at the time. This is like the Jeff Goldblum, Martina Davis saga of film. Like, they should release that box set. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Transylvania is the fly. Transylvania 6 5000 <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. That's. I would buy that box set. I'm not. I would. would. And they have, and they have to do the commentary for each of the films together. Oh like, yeah. Be... <laughs> yeah. We yeah. 
we managed to see some like Jeff Goldblum. Uh, he was watching a scene from from Earth Girls Are Easy like recently, and he was talking yeah, yeah. about how hot it was. Like he was like, it was so hot under all of that fur. Oh, I bet so. Like that's like that's crazy. That's like mm-hmm. back then. Like you're really wearing like a foam rubber suit, basically. You know what I mean? With 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 like carpet attached to you. <laughs> that's that's really like. It's like that's like Harry and the Henderson style stuff, you know what I mean? Like heavy, 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 like makeup and hair and stuff like that. So, and then Damon Wayans was now in Living Color was later because this was later, yes. This is also like a kind of prequel to like uh, with Tim Carey and him being cast members, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's like that's incredible, also. Let's go, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so he had already done Beverly Hills Cop and Hollywood Shuffle, which is such a great movie. Um, Punchline, oh, where where Tom Hanks plays like a a comedian, a stand up comedian. Oh dear. Um, and, oh jeez. Oh, and oh, you've never seen Punchline? Oh man. Oh no. I watch. I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna find Punchline <laughs> just for the just for the kitsch factor. I mean, really, because it's like you know. It's like Tom Hanks is a stand-up comedian in New York, and Sally Field is a is a housewife who wants to be a stand-up comedian. I mean, you do twice. a really good impression of that Dennis guy who does the, who's the, who did the um, you know the movie intro. In a world, it's like it's it's bananas and it's super eighties. And it, I think, I want to say it was either after Bachelor Party or at least in that same time period. Yeah, that was. Was that the one where you like all oh, this house was like a nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, that, the um, where- that is the Burbs. The Burbs, yes, I love that. And that is eighty. I want to say that's eighty eight, eighty nine. Yes, yes, yeah. Still, yes. still in the eighties, but yeah, I love. I oh yeah, the Burbs is great. That's a great movie. That's a, that, that's my that's the golden age. I say like mm-hmm. a lot of movies eighty eight, eighty nine. You know, like yeah, they were pumping them out. They were pumping them out. Love it. Love it. And then, of course, Jim Carrey, well-known stand-up comedian, uh, initially got discovered through stand-up comedy to do Once Bitten. Then he did this movie. Then he went on to do In Living Color and then, you know, exploded like crazy with The Mask and Dumb and Dumber and, oh, my God, everything else. Talk about a a compelling story with Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Because he grew up super poor. Very poor. Yes. Ooh. Just, if you ever get, if anybody ever gets a chance to watch like the neat true Hollywood story of him, it's it's fascinating. You will cry. It's it's, it's very touching. And you know? he has an autobiography out right now, and I would love oh, to read that. Yeah. Oh, it, I want to read that. So yes, um, now to come to, come to yeah, un- unfortunately the sad part of the casting, um, which is Charles Rocket. Uh I'm from Boston, so like he grew up as this a newscaster in right. Rhode Island, like, yeah. like this, you know, right, like thirty minutes away from it. <laughs> you know, so I mean, like that's a question. Yeah, I was gonna ask you because he started off as a weather guy or yeah. a newscaster, and then went on to do SNL. SNL, yes, I knew him from SNL because my mom is obsessed with SNL. So it was <laughs> she watched it when she was pregnant with my, I think, my brother. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think yeah, and then she just stayed up all night and watched that literally. And I just said it again, and then got fired from SNL for saying the f word. On why am I saying the f word? Really, for saying fuck. That's right. For saying fuck on uh, on she camera. Fuck and people. What sucks is that he said he said fuck at the very end of the show. Like he didn't say it during the show. 
He said it yes. during the whole like we're gonna say we're, we're saying goodbye to everybody thing that they do at the end of the show. Oh yeah, and he had played Jr. Uh, because they were doing a Dallas spoof because Charlene yes. Tilton was apparently like hosting that night, and they were like, you know what, you know what do you think, you know, person playing Jr. And he was just like, I want to know who the fuck shot me, and it was like, and you're done. But to SNL's credit, I think he also got cut just because, no offense, SNL fans, that was a really shitty season. Like, I think they just fired the whole (laughs) They basically did. Like, it was crazy. Like, like, that was like, okay, you're all gone. Bye. So, (laughs) but he managed to sort of like, he got past that he did, you know, he was on Moonlighting. He played Bruce Willis's brother on Moonlighting. I love that show. I love that show. Oh my God. I watched now I'm watching it with my mom right now and we're revisiting all of it. And that's just what we do is we just watch Moonlighting episodes. And then when I'm with my boyfriend, I watch Miami Vice. So that's pretty much the life I live right now. <laughs> that reminds me of like me and my Nana. Like we used to watch like Marty She Wrote. She only let me watch rated G movies. I'm not even kidding you. Oh, like, so like funny. it was like, it was like shitty, shitty bang, bang. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, Ben Ops and Broomsticks, you know, like all that stuff. Yeah. And then like at home, we were like, Murder! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My my grandmother was tone deaf. My grandmother was tone deaf. We're all musically gifted. I'm a nice. I'm a classically trained opera singer. My mother was a folk oh. singer in the 60s. Ooh. So my my grandmother hated musicals. Like hated them and would much rather have had us watching Friday the 13th and would buy us Friday the 13th videos and but but would never buy like the music band. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so, 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 yeah. um, so Charles Rocket kind of like he got through all of that. He did, you know, he did lots of other movies. He did Dumb and Dumber. He did this movie. He became quite the character actor, but he was plagued by his own personal demons. He had depression issues and ended up taking his own life. So. Oh, and also don't forget his iconic role as the dad and. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Oh, he was in Hocus Pocus. That's he was right. the dad. He was the dad as Hocus Pocus. He was the dad in Hocus Pocus. So, yeah, I mean, he had all of these iconic roles, but yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Like, I I was there's another stand up comedian who who committed suicide named um Richard Jenny, and I got I loved Richard Jenny, and I would watch him all the time, and he had just sold out like a stadium or something and went upstairs and his wife or girlfriend at the time was like i'm gonna make you some pancakes and he's like great make me some pancakes and then went upstairs and shot himself and it just goes to show that you you don't know you know just because somebody is in the comedy world or somebody is paid to make you laugh or any of those things um you know you just you have no idea the kinds of demons people battle and especially with like, you know, right now what everybody's going through in the uh, power industry and them uh, with yeah. the loss of Jason David Frank. Yes. That ruined me. Yeah. Ru- along him and um, my God. Kevin Conroy. So I- Kevin Conroy. Yeah. That was the other one that I couldn't remember. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's been a horrible. Yeah. I know. It's, it's been hard. So I think. Until it- Health is Real. It's like a testament as to 
how a lot of our, us as being misfits and being people who suffer from depression and so, people yes. who have these issues that, you know, these are the things we gravitate towards sometimes. And these movies provide us with a certain amount of joy that yes. we can't manufacture ourselves. I, I always love, you know, that there's like this way of like people like you have to learn to self-soothe. And it's like, I'm not that person. OK, I need no, to have no. I need I need El DeBarge's Rhythm of the Night. OK, I need I need Miami Vice. I need these things to make me feel like I am whole. So that's my favorite move. What he does. Yeah. Right. Hear the beat of the rhythm. Yeah. Anyway. So, it's not get copyrighted. <laughs> so this is the brainchild, the baby yeah. of Miss Julie Brown. It and is. Yes, it is. Julie Brown, super famous for having an actual singing career. Um, thank you. Dr. Demento for playing a lot of her stuff because that's how I discovered, you know, Julie Brown was really? the homecoming. Oh, the homecoming queen's got a gun. Oh, that's beautiful. I I I I saw her in this and then I saw her in Medusa. Oh, Medusa, the Madonna. Jared, truthful. Yeah, yes. the, whole, the Madonna spoof. Yes. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Do a podcast on that. Uh, that Throw in some just... shade. Throw in some shade. Oh my goodness. Um, and also a lot of love too. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, she's she's done she she really has done a lot, but the fact is I had no idea before watching this movie for the second time. I really had no idea that this was hers, that she this came this is the brainchild oh, yeah. from this, one of her songs. Yeah, this that, is from her album, yes. Right. Yes. That then um they the producers decided that they wanted to do something with this. They wanted to make like a movie version of this. And, yeah. you know, and she wanted, obviously, she wanted to play the, the main character. Oh, um, definitely. Oh, yeah. And they said no, because she wasn't a draw at the time. And so I know they got Gina Davis. I know that Gina Davis, apparently, and Jeff Goldblum made out so much on the set of that movie. Oh, that yeah, they were married. Of course. It made so. people, like, uncomfortable. Oh, they were doing, I heard they, I, I was looking at these other movies. They were doing this, like, while they were married. Like, they were just, like tongues in each other's mouths like it's, literally like i thought that was so romantic and so beautiful and my boyfriend was like yeah that's fucking annoying no one are you trying to set up her set up a shot and you're looking over and like they're like licking each other's faces like i mean like, like calm down buddy calm down like i get right. you guys are so beautiful people pump the brakes guys pump the brakes you know so as far as like behind the scenes stuff very my my knowledge is very limited to the internet, of course. Uh, but I know that it was directed by Julian Temple. Yes. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, was Julian Temple a music video director? I think he was. I'm not okay. sure. I don't like we might have to fact check that one. Yeah, I know. Sure. <laughs> one of us have to pick up their phone. Um hold on, hold on. I don't know, actually. I was like, um, um, I'm doing lives. Hold on. Julian Temple. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. He's a British, he's a British film documentary and music video. Okay. He did, um, he, he started his, uh, career with, uh, short films, uh, with the Sex Pistols, actually. Nice. Okay. I, because the aesthetic of this movie is very specific. It's like oh, yeah. neon and colors and it's very vibrant and it has very vibrant music and yeah. it's just 
it's just awesome. It's like, you know, you're, very, your eyes are um, salted with color. Very um, beach blanket bingo, I believe. The yes. Line. I mean, yes. Like you could see, like, you could see how they were. They, they could they could have done a couple movies with this. I'm not, I'm not oh, kidding. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. It kind you of bumped some... me out that this was kind of, because this I, was a box office bomb. Oh, this bomb bad. Like, Boy. this bomb bad. You know, which... And with all that sour power, which is crazy. I and mean, like, there's which so many is... people, like, you know. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand why. <laughs> but I guess the only thing I could think about is that it is... It, because it's just too... It's too kitschy for some people. I think it's just... Oh, definitely. Too, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, like, you, it's just yeah. too over-the-top and campy. It's very campy. Like... What's funny is when I was had to when I was watching the, the movie for the show and making my notes, my mom is on the couch and she's like, "What are you watching?" I said, "Well, it's called Earth Girls Are Easy." And my mother just rolls her eyes, not remembering that we saw this thirty years ago. Oh. Right? She's no memory of it whatsoever. So she, so she's like, "Um, all right." And I was like, "Well, I have to watch it for the show, so I have to make notes. And if you hate it, then we can turn it off. It's fine." So we start watching it. And she's just like enamored, you know, she's like, oh, it's so oh, yeah. cute. It's so cute. And it's so funny. And it's just real, just goofy and fun. And it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, she really. One blanket. She, right. She enjoyed it. She totally One enjoyed blanket. it. Yeah. So it was funny because, uh, like I said, she was like, oh, I really like this. And Julie Brown, she remembers, mom remembers because I'm a blonde. Oh, definitely. Oh, that was who doesn't? I love that song. over the radio. That was every. And speaking of that, um, one of the background dancers is uh, Jenny Callender from Buffy singing, actually, and um, yeah. Diamond and Pearls. She's one of the main. She's one of the main girls dancing in the in, in, uh, in the scene. That's her like film debut, Insane. which is pretty cool. Yeah, she was Diamond I mean, and Pearls from. Yeah, she was Diamond, Diamond and, and Pearls Pearl. from. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Like, come on, man. Like, this our power. This Way group, to go, like, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the casting director, like, must, like, he hit a gold mine with this movie. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, um, so the way that this movie has actually influenced uh, other, like, future performers, Britney Spears modeled her entire, her entire video Pretty Girls uh, is actually yes. based on Earth Girls Are Easy. Yes, 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 it is. God, there are so many great songs on this soundtrack. Yes. Now, okay, I need you to answer this question because I am fucking can't figure this out. She sang it, but they dubbed it over in the official recording. There's, there's a couple. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so what we're talking about, in case you're just yeah, joining sorry, us. Sorry, sorry. What yes. we're talking about is that in the movie, Gina Davis actually has a scene where she sings a song. You can, and you can hear her a little bit. You can hear her singing the song. Yes. Um, however, when they released this on the soundtrack, they released it with a totally different singer, not her. Yes. Um, and I, my question is, why? Just, I'm not just, sure, just actually. Why? They never really gave an official answer. They were just like, you know, like, it works, but um, we're going we're gonna to have like, she kind of backtracked her and they didn't dub her. They didn't do like a, you know, Glenn Floats, you know, like in uh, <laughs> the power of the animal, you know, like, ha ha ha. Oh, God. Um, but, um, yeah. Shout out to the, um, she's actually still recording music, actually. Uh, her name is Jill Jones. Jill Jones. Fantastic. Yes. She's fantastic. She yes. popped oh. up 
on my Spotify. So I know that she's still recording. And that's why I was yes, wondering yeah. about it. I was like, well, why why didn't they just, I don't know, record it as a duet or something? Listen, you know? listen they couldn't have they couldn't have her, you know, Olympic level level athlete Tina Davis be also like Olympic level singer. You know, I, mean? like, I guess not. Much. They were like, Ooh. oh, she's she's stealing Ooh. the thunder. She can't. I'm sorry. She's a triple threat. <laughs> too bad. Too bad. <laughs> Yeah. Quad threat. She's dating Jeff Goldblum. She's married Jeff to Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. No, it's like dating is like married to Jeff Goldblum. Great. Definitely the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Fuck you. Infinity Gauntlet. And the Infinity Gauntlet of like the 80s. And shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, she definitely lost him when she dated Reddy Harlem, though. Ooh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. This this episode is basically just one long inside joke. ADHD. One big ADHD episode. <laughs> love it no it's so fabulous it's everything i thought it was going to be so i'm very happy yes oh yeah you see my page i'm it's a kaleidoscope of madness so do do you own this soundtrack like on vinyl or anything i own it on spotify okay i'm poor (laughs) yeah but the spotify doesn't have uh you know not all the tracks right but you know what who actually owns it to go back to mark and my friend roman actually owns the uh the vinyl, the original the vinyl, vinyl of Earth Girls Are Easy. He he showed it to me and made me very, very jealous. How fabulous. Oh my goodness gracious. That's so awesome. All right. So let's say you were to pair this movie, like we pair wine and cheese for people that drink. Um so we're pairing pairing this movie with another movie. Uh like let's say you get to host up all night one night and you are going to put the movies oh. back to back. I know, great question. I just came up that I just pulled that right out of my ass right now. So oh, what would hold you hold on? I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking for an answer. <laughs> what, what would you put with this movie? Um Sophie's choice. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so like this movie is like a warm blanket for me, but you know, like another warm blanket would be like uh, the probably forgotten Meryl Streep um, film. What's what's the one where they die? Oh, defending your life, yes. I would just put this and that together. I don't know why it's a star cross, it's a star cross romance, yes, with two likable leads. I the great soundtrack. I actually just pulled that out of my ass by defending your life. No. Defending your life and let's go there easy. That's my I answer. Love, I need to do defending your life on the show. That's that's honestly. I will love. I'll do that. With, I'll, I'll love, love it. it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I, I this movie to me. Yes. It's a warm. It's a warm blanket. But there's something very girly about it that I love. Like it's very bouncy and giggly. And and just like like this I would, could be I would a Barbie. this could be a Barbie movie, right? I would like pair it with like I would probably pair it with like Valley Girl, just because. Oh, I, I love yeah. Talk about soundtracks that I just oh my god! I mean, years years were spent trying to locate and or find tracks for that soundtrack, and then I remember the day. Oh, I remember the day. Ooh. I was sitting Zampa. in gym class. I know. I was sitting in gym class. I was probably in high school, I would say, because it was in gym class. So I was probably 15. And someone said, oh, I saw that soundtrack at the store. And I said, you've got to be fucking lying. Well, I didn't say that. But I said, you're lying. That soundtrack's not available. You don't understand. And I, have the, I have this book of soundtracks that will never be released. And it's one of them. They said, no, 
it's pink. And my eyes just shot. I was, couldn't believe it. And I remember how excited I was to go to the mall. And there it was. There That's it crazy. Was. The Rhino wow. Records Valley Girl soundtrack release, which was pink. Now, unfortunately, to my dismay, not all of the songs were located on the pink one. They had to release a second one, which was blue. I hate when they do that stuff. I, I know. So, like, I think it was maybe six months later or something, they released this, like, blue. So there was a blue soundtrack and a pink soundtrack. And then if you put the two together, you could have the full Valley Girl soundtrack. But, my God, I mean, I wanted that since I was, like, a little That's actually kind of cool, actually. Like, I could, like, that would be a really nice double release. You know what I mean? Like, like side-by-side kind of thing. That would be really cute, actually, with Valley Girl and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I do. I do. I love Valley Girl. I wish. Twice. It's one of my favorites. Um. So yeah, I would probably pair it. I would my my wine and cheese moment. I would pair it with Valley Girl. That would be my like happy girly double feature. We just put, the, we just put this out into the universe, like Waxwork Records. Can we we have a Valley Girl release? Yeah, That'd be fabulous. Oh my goodness, yeah, because it's so I I don't understand. It doesn't get the love that it no really it doesn't no. deserves. No. I feel like it kind of gets lumped in in a different category even though because it's not a john hughes movie because it's kind of grimy because there's a lot of elements in that movie there's a lot of hashtag me too shit going on um i mean really just like, what the down fuck? and out and probably down and out in beverly hills like that kind of it's right. kind of like it reminds me like like that little like unwashed like mirror that's yeah you know like that's what kind of like it reminds me of like, it is it's kind of it's kind it's kind of gross okay. you know it's Color. true though. It's true to life though. Like wonderful. that's how you know, you know. But it's so great. And then you've got, you know, obviously, you know, you you got Nick Cage and, and you've got Deborah Foreman, but you've also got oh Cameron Die. <laughs> I am unbelievably over the moon in love with and have been since I was like six years old. Okay. Because I can basically run down Cameron Die's entire filmography. <laughs> It's like, oh, Cameron died. You mean um, Valley Girl, Scenes from a Gold Mine, uh, uh, Joy of Sex, um, The Last Starfighter, uh, Out of the Dark. Oh, and then later on, he did the the Feud movie about Betty Davis oh. and um, uh, Joan Crawford. And, and now he's a musician. I don't know pictures of him. I'm obsessed with Cameron Die. Yeah, that needs to be its own episode. But apparently, he doesn't do interviews. So <laughs> I went. Oh, I was ooh. Yes, I told you. You know who he kind of looks like? Kind of looks like um. Oh my God, he's I've, I've been in love with him forever. John Wesley. Yeah. Shit. Why? Wow. Yes. Wow. It's just a big Tourette's moment here. It's like it's okay. Shouting out names. Well, but, but look at this. He looks like a young. Yes, he John does. Wesley he looks Shipp like a, a little young bit. John Wesley Ooh. Ship. You're right. You're right. He totally does. Love that, that. Okay. That. Okay. So, because we're all running out of battery power. Final, final, final thoughts about this movie. If you were trying to convince someone to watch this, like, how would you sell it? Um, it's kind of like. It's kind of like a fairy tale if you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, right. Or if you want to go deep, it could be like an immigrant story or something like that. You know, like, oh, people wow. People traveling from a different country, you know, different area. Yeah, you went there. 
You went deep. I know. You did. You, went you know what I mean? Though, like, you, 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 okay, if you go into it, you, you'll be like, okay, there's these people who, like, who are ostracized from their area and they went to go and search, but they didn't know what they were searching for. And then they found it, you know, and, then, and all that stuff. I don't know. Love, <laughs> love and dancing and booty. Love and dancing and booty. And, you know, like, but I have to talk about something. My favorite scene in the movie Ooh, is yes, favorite has scene. dream. When she has her dream sequence. That scared the shit out of me as a child. <laughs> it did yeah, me too. The shit out of me. Because it reminds like a me of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, you think, oh, I thought it was Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like, oh. it's like a Muppet it's like a Muppet adventure with Nightmare on Elm Street. It's the Muppets for the Nightmare on Elm Street. You know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. The, the, the dream sequence super creeped me it, out when I was a kid. I remember watching the shit it. Out it's fucking creepy. This movie deserves to have a book like that kind of like awesome picture book type thing with with you know interviews with Julie Brown and oh, talks like, about I'm, the behind the scenes and why I'm is thinking, there no documentary about it? I'm thinking like, well, I know she got the rights back to this because okay. she did uh she did a off Broadway play for a little while. I heard Girls that easy, yes, yes, and it was like uh, hold on a minute. I think it was someone really famous was in the cast of. Oh, I think it was Kristen Chenoweth actually. Yeah, Kristen Chenoweth was That's playing. Was. Uh, was Valerie? Yeah, it was playing Valerie, which and is then crazy. Julie Brown was just re- you know revising her her own role as. Um, but and and weirdly enough, they removed one of the aliens from the play. That's weird. I know. I think it was mm-hmm. Whitlock actually too, which I was like, I was like, uh, I know. Don't like, touch okay. my boy. <laughs> yeah, don't touch my boy. Don't touch my blondie beer. Don't touch my blonde alias. I don't wanna... Oh, wow. Well, this has been so awesome. Oh, definitely. Um, I had a lot of fun. This is great. This was exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I'm You're super chaos, excited. You're yes. chaos. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. It's so much fun. Thank you very much. Die, Red, tell you had your fill. Don't let it go down the drain. You better hop on the cosmic wagon train.